Daily DVR is sponsored by our presenting sponsor, Cufflinks.com, the men's accessories marketplace. Cufflinks.com aims to drive men to one place where they can find all the accessories they could want to elevate their look each day. Go to Cufflinks.com slash DVR today. Use code DVR20 and save 20% off your order. No minimum. 2020, baby. It's a new year, and every month, Cufflinks has new amazing products, whether it's Star Wars, Marvel, DC, Disney, all that great stuff, or the sports stuff, NCAA, NBA, NFL, or, of course, the classic wearable art, the amazing high-quality Hook and Albert Oxen Bull, and, of course, their own Cufflinks.com brand. We encourage you to elevate your look when you get dressed in the morning. It helps to make you feel more confident and create your individual style. Go to Cufflinks.com DVR today. Welcome back, everybody, to Curb Your Podcast. My name is Axel Remix. Yeah, what's up, everybody? <laughs> this is DJ Tim Hines in the house. That's right, it's Tim Hines. Some of you know me as DJ. Some of you know me as DJ Timothy Hinesworth. But I am here covering for Axel, who is right now with Heath Solo doing interviews for the upcoming Oscars. And they're prepping, doing a lot of work, so... I got to jump on here with the co-host of Curb Your Podcast, Sean Flynn. What's up, Sean? Hey. Hey, hey. How's it going, man? Very good. Very good. I'm happy to be here with you and uh, such great company, such you know enjoyable podcast uh, content you've been putting out, and I hope I live up to what you guys have been doing. You know, you have very small shoes to fill with Axel. Very small shoes. He's a gi- giant. I've seen his shoes. His <laughs> shoes are like, he, he gets the ones that are on sale at the outlet because they're so big, nobody could buy them. I know, right? <laughs> He's a monster. Uh, but today we're going to be covering Curb Your Enthusiasm, Season 10, Episode 3, Artificial Fruit. This podcast is part of the DVR Podcast Network. And you can find out more about us and our many other podcasts at dvrpodcast.com. We would love to hear from you. So you could email us all your Curb thoughts or any other shows that we cover, yeah, including my show that I have with my co-host Ready called Another Week, where we chop up some funny shit that happened every week. And you could do that over at dvrpodcast at gmail.com. We also have a Facebook group. And all that good stuff is in the show notes with links. So you can just press stuff. You don't even have to write it down and, and go. So here we go. Let's get into it. Artificial fruit. Sean, what did you think of it? So just as the episode itself, before we talk about any points. I just, I really liked it. Uh, I just love how in this day and age, how like Larry David is still kind of being edgy. And he hasn't really backed down. And he, like, takes on all these, like, really difficult topics to do comedy about. And he just goes full force into it. But he puts himself into it, which is, like, which is great. Sure. But I love this. I love this episode in particular because, uh, you know, I just, it, like, a lot of things hit home for me. Like, the fake fruit stuff. Like, oh, my God. Like, I've always wondered why the hell people do this. 
Yeah, I mean that's that's a whole awesome little inside like episode joke like that just keeps traveling through the episode. And I thought yeah, for a curb episode, this is right up there with some of the top curb episodes because it compounded so many jokes into one episode and it flowed so quickly and it just it felt like a good a really good curve episode and i know on the facebook group there was a a few you know high praises of this episode uh and it's just it's it's just you know pure larry and like you said it, he's taken on a lot of hard topics like at first when i th- first saw the first episode he's going the sexual harassment thing and they call jeff you know harvey weinstein like i'm like wow this could be really funny quickly and he could cut it off but he's rolling with it and it's such a really 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 pretty 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 touchy subject <laughs> at this time in our society that only like someone who's as good at self-deprecating as larry can do this yeah. No, I just like, it's just, this is why I, I've always really liked him so much. I mean, yes, I really liked Seinfeld, but this show has kind of been like, it's just had me laughing. I, you know, it's weird. I'm a comedian, but like, I don't watch a lot of comedies anymore. I feel like the comedies I've always really been into have been like Arrested Development, The Office, uh, Seinfeld, Curb Your Enthusiasm. Like, I can't. Right now, this is the only comedy I'm watching. Like, I don't see comedy movies. I just watch Curb. That's it. And I have to completely agree with you. It's so hard to find that comedy that just, I guess, maybe spoke to us through growing up. Like, it's a different, relatable comedy, the the, the new stuff. It's not even like comedy. It's almost like sitcoms aren't aren't there like they're just they're more like mini dramas and and they they have little like like innuendo jokes and it's just not as this is just real comedy this is you know like this is this you know goes back to to the uh you know the the good you know the good old shows that like like you said seinfeld like just it's better than that because he can go harder and bringing in the the you know reality of Hollywood with like when it's not reality makes it it like entourage pl- in comedy. That's what's so awesome. So while we stroked Larry enough, there, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, we're gonna we start off and you see Larry like creeping in his backyard in his Prius. You know, it's great and, and not his Prius, his uh, hybrid BMW. He pulls up and you know you see like obviously a, a different neighborhood than we're used to and. He's looking for the scone master. Yeah, I know the uh, the former pastry chef for the uh, the Waldorf Astoria in New York City. Now this and, uh, this was so out of left field. Like you could have he could have picked any place. Like I, w- I I tried to do a little research. I'm typing Larry plus scones, Larry David scones, like uh, Waldorf. I wanted to know like there has to be some kind of inner thing that this was a thing just to get this guy. 
Yeah, I don't know. Um, I just, I love how he just like, go, he's like prepared to go to great lengths yep. to screw over Mojo. He hasn't Joe. touched a whisk in 20 years, and what gets him going is he hears spite scones and spite store. This is great. This has become a thing. Larry is out for Mocha Joe. Um, yeah, he is. What's the, what's the worst thing you've ever done to spite someone? Oh, man, I'm pretty spiteful. That's that's going to take <laughs> some thinking. I don't know. I I can't I can't really think of anything. Oof. I I will say this. I did something out of spite. I mean, it wasn't really out of spite. It was just uh there was this guy I went to college with and he was so annoying and I was at a party and he was running his mouth and he loved this hat. And uh he like he was like a wise ass, but like he was like he thought he was a lot funnier than he was kind of thing. And he was running his mouth at me and I like knew he loved this hat so much. <laughs> and I lifted it right off his head and I tossed it all the way through this crowd. And it just got lost in a sea of people. And it's like the, it was like, kind, I mean, it was sort of, I mean, I, I don't even know if you classify that as spite, but I will say this. I had a ton of remorse for that. A ton. Cause I knew he loved that hat. Like, he wore it every single day. Well, I mean, I'd say that's kind of more of a, a like a dickish move than a, a, a spite move. <laughs> I, I, I thought of a good spite one. So I was working uh, clubs years ago, and I was promoting a night, and we had a really good crowd. I think we had a performer um, and a, a couple of good DJs, and there was another promoter from another club and he was talking a lot of shit about me through, like, the industry. You know, it was kind of, like, I guess competition type of thing. But he shows up, and he wants to come in because we were having a big night. So, it, and we were, like, around 18 years old, so it was, like, an 18 club. Well, I'm outside with the list, and he gets out and comes over to say hi to me. So I go... And I yell out real loud, whoa, 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 Todd, Todd. He goes, what? I go, stop your mom. He goes, what do you mean? I go, don't let her leave. You're not coming in here. She's got to give you a ride home. In front of the whole line of people who like went to his club too. And that was, that was a good spite move. He didn't come in. <laughs> um, yeah. So the spite store is fantastic. And it's just, it, you know, just the idea of it, like, Larry's just had enough. Like, Larry, Larry's, you know, he's just tired of shit. And, and, and ah, it's awesome. So He's just looking for something to do. <laughs> right? You know, like, he's, he's kind of, like, right. It seems like he's a little relaxed at this point in his life where he's, like, just looking for shit, right? Yeah. Like, he didn't, you know, he's done with his fatwa play. Um, so... This sexual harassment thing. Now, he's got to go make a speech, right? They make a deal. He's at, he's at the the lawyer's office. And they're talking about this deal he's going to go make. And there's fruit 
Now, this is the lawyer who didn't want him using the bathroom. And there's the fruit there. And it's off to the side. Larry grabs it and eats the fruit. And now this he gets pissed, the lawyer. He's a weird dude. And I'm, I'm thinking, like, why are you getting mad that this dude has fruit and, you, you know, you have your fruit out and the dude took peace? And he says it's decorative. So... I used to work at a fruit store. Now, I mean, you don't have to work at a fruit store to know that fruit goes bad. So, just the thought of someone putting out that he claims is decorative fruit in your office that's fresh. Like, what kind of prick are you? Like, what are you going to do? Throw that away when it starts getting, like, moldy and soft? And that was the first bizarre thing. The second bizarre thing is that he brings up the way he blithely... Well, angrily could eat an apple like his father could do, and Larry blithely <laughs> ate the apple. Now, how do you eat an apple? Uh, well, I'll say this. I, I don't eat a lot of apples. I, I really don't. All right. Um, it's a different a different round-shaped round type fruit that would be in a bucket, basket. Well, I think if somebody handed me an apple and I was going to eat it, yeah, I would just take it and I would take a bite out of it. No big deal. Um. And you know, I mean, it's it's a fruit where you gotta take. You know, I mean, you gotta put a little mu- like little mouth muscle into it. You know, so right. I think he he did. He ate an apple the way an, anyone would eat an apple. See me like I don't know if it's weird, but the second part of what I I didn't I thought was bizarre. He takes the apple right out of the thing and just eats it. Now. I don't know how much dust was flying around that guy's office. Like the first rule, like clean your fruit, you know, at least rub it on your shirt or something like that was weird. But to me, like if I'm going to eat an apple, first thing I do is I'm like circling the apple with my hands looking for like a soft spot. And I know I'm (laughs) not eating that spot first or even at all. So I go to the other side, right? So I'm checking my fruit out. So this is going to kind of, be where the the rest of the episode gets a little a little hilarious to me because it's something completely opposite of anything I would do. So the the fruit becomes a thing, but more more so the you know the issue that he's going to have to go to make this speech uh, for the harassment suit and make a donation. Yeah, I I felt like the uh, the speech was kind of a. Um... I don't know. I felt that was a little far fetched that they would make him go get go do the speech. But like, I also saw the uh, the justification for it too. I was like, okay, they want they wanted him basically to admit wrong by giving this speech. But yeah, and then like, so he's also got to do a doodle. He also has to do a doodle for them to kind of auction off. Remember? And then it compounds like again being his cousin's wife and. Like, it's so good that, like, everything is super tied together. Yeah. Everything but is connected. I I don't understand how the cousin wouldn't have found, found out, the wife wouldn't have found out why he's making that donation. Because it wouldn't have been in his name. It should have been in the the his secretary's name. Yeah. but I just loved how he was just like, yeah. He's like, you know, it's no problem. He's like, I... 
I donate money to charity all the time. Like, <laughs> he like is totally just dodging the fact. All that different charities too. He says, "Yeah," and he's like, this, "He totally dodges the fact that it's from a legal settlement." Like, he's like, "Yeah," he's like, "It's it's it's my pleasure." Like, yeah, yeah, like no, he, don't worry. <laughs> oh, and then and then when he gets there, I mean, just like the conversation with Laverne Cox is outstanding, and, and like. She's so cool because she's like, oh, you know, someone your age is coming around, which is like, she's so right. All the points that they're making are so dead on with like society and where we should be and what's going on. And he just is so off the wall. Like he, he you know, like he asks the questions that we would probably be thinking, <laughs> but would, nobody would ever ask. Like it isn't right. the two valid questions he asked, but it's so anti the whole movement and then he says introduce me as as a uh six i can speak six languages and she says oh, yeah. he says nah but i know maybe a little yiddish for my grandma oh i was dying <laughs> yeah i i love that and then he's like he, he said, what did he say he said something like i want uh Aren't don't all people line introductions or something like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. She said, "Doesn't that defeat the whole purpose of a charity cause?" Like, oh, it was great. Yeah, and I also love the way he just like flat out just started asking her, or started we started talking about. He has a friend, a woman that's transitioning to a man, which is his lead in for like. He's like, I loved like, so I'm an organ donor. Yeah, so, yeah, like, right. That's like, it. That's his way in. Like, oh, I have a friend, like, uh, who who's you know, uh, it's transitioning. So now, now I get to ask questions. Yeah, and then like, it was kind of funny. Like, she blew him off though, but it was kind of funny, like how absurd he was. He's like, so I'm an organ donor, and uh, would somebody get my penis? <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah, like, it's just so, uh, it's so Larry. Because it reminds me just, I, I know people like Larry. Like, I have an uncle that just has no filter, but he doesn't think anything malicious. He just asks weird questions about how society is. And, like, it's just like, what? Like, you can't say these things anymore. Like, you like, and he doesn't do it, like, like meaning to hurt anyone he just doesn't know you can't say things or like he doesn't know what things are it's so funny and larry like skates this pc world and ah just the just like the great part of the show is when he now goes meets like richard lewis or jeff and you could tell they just are cracking up on the outtakes like, they are trying to make each other uh, go. Like, I would love to know how much is scripted and ad-libbed, especially with, like, him and Richard Lewis with the sweater. Oh, yeah. Because they, love... Larry almost, like, lost it twice. Yeah. No, and I, I love, it's funny. That sweater is hilarious to me, because I loved when he was wearing it in the restaurant. He's like, you can't wear that sweater. He's like, it was a gift. And he was like, I know, but that sweater brings back bad memories for me. And I was like, normally if someone gives you a present or a hand-me-down, they want you to wear it. Yeah, I gave but I gave Rich a friend a jacket once, and like, I was always so happy whenever I saw him wearing that jacket. Yeah, but like, it's, it's the thing with him and Richard Lewis always fucking with each other, and... 
he just said it. It gives me bad memories. Like, and you'd think your friend would know, like, all right, I won't wear it around him because he said that. But it's just, you're right. And then in the other respect, Richard Lewis probably think, like, hey, I'm doing the right thing. But because they always fuck with each other, it's it makes it, it even better. Ah, oh, it's, it's so good. I love how, like, Richard Lewis does not let Larry win. Like, he, I mean, most people don't, but there's definitely a way that he, like, the credit card, like, I'm going to pay. Like, I always pay. Like, Richard Lewis always pays for Larry, which is kind of hilarious to me. Like, he never lets Larry pay for him. And he goes to great lengths to make that happen. He's like, he's like a toned down, like, a, a toned down version of Larry. Yeah, well, that's why I think it works. Like, it's like they kind of it's that's that's their running gag on like rich bag douchery. Like it, it uh, rich douchebaggery. I said that wrong. Strike that reverse. <laughs> rich dude, rich douchebaggery. Douchebaggery. Yeah. Like so. That's that's always been funny. And the like how it was even funnier is when he went to the funeral and Richard Lewis was there too but it was all uh, all decoy because he already knew the guy wouldn't be there the next day and gave the other guy the card pre like already for for the when they got there so he was like double double uh like setting up larry it was great yeah thathal the thathal <laughs> yeah that that was so funny cuz they did, they all had that like that thing going where like they were at, Pronouncing everything with their teeth weird. It was so funny. Well, b- before we get there, so at Jeff's house, he goes to bring the scones. And now the scones have been the big gift, right? The whole episode. But Jeff's like being like a dick, I guess, still from the painting. And he's he's kind of cold. And the fruit. Larry sees the fruit. The fruit was just a thing at the at the lawyer's office. He grabs it. Boom, chips his tooth. Now, to me, the in, the best line... Oh, oh, no, he didn't chip his tooth yet, right? No, that wasn't when he chipped his tooth. He, he actually saw the fruit at, at, at their house, and he's feeling it and looking at it. And Susie walks in, and Larry goes, man, my mother would have went nuts for this. And Susie goes, this is a whole new technology. I... That line, I had to rewind it. The way she delivers it, it's, I was pissing my pants. This is a whole new technology. Like, so serious. And this is like shit I picture, like, older folks talking about. Even though they're not really old, but, like, changing of times type things, you know? And, yeah. oh, man, like, they're making a big deal. And she, she's just, like, always such, in, you know, they have their thing. And right away, the you know, that funniness, he leads to the picture Take it down. Oh, fuck you, Larry. I'm not destroying <laughs> our memories. Yeah. Her fuck you, Larrys I, are the best. Yeah, like, oh, she's she's definitely one of my favorite characters. And it's just so funny because, like, Jeff hates her. He hates her so much. He wants out so bad. It's hard to get, like, off topic again. But am I wrong about, like, Jeff's mouth being fucked up? Do you see it too? No. I, I mean, I kind of noticed it, but I didn't notice it to the extent you mentioned last week as a medical professional. Um, 
But, I mean, you could be onto something. I know there was a, a reality TV show where – oh, no, wait. Axel already said that. Um, no, but uh, – He did. <laughs> Jeff definitely looks a little a little weird. I don't know if it's like they have him like have like something in his gums so he looks a little bit more like Harvey Weinstein because if you notice, he hasn't been clean-shaven too much. Like he's keeping that Weinstein look going. Ah, maybe. That's an interesting Because Weinstein uh, has that theory. little wacky jaw if you notice. But, uh, it was, I mean, it was just, it's, it's just too funny. And, and, you know, so they're all together and, and, you know, he, he does the whole, the whole thing with the, uh, with the Laverne Cox. And now I think she played him. I think she said she had a cold and did that because she knew Larry was full of shit. What do you think? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Cause she, well, she didn't, she didn't like let when she made a face on stage like Larry's a dick when she was walking off. Yeah, she she kept being like graceful about it though too. Like here he is, here he is, here he is. Like she kept throwing her arms up. Here's Larry David. Like, but that is Larry David. That was like everybody got to see who, like yeah. who he was. And but. Th- they were throwing fruit. More fucking I, fruit. I noticed that it too. It was awesome. Right? I noticed that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, he got pelted. Yeah, which leads him back to the lawyer's office. And now, what does the lawyer have? <laughs> He's the, got fake fruit. The new technology. And he gets the fake fruit. Now, Larry cracks his tooth, right? Leon cracks his tooth. They go to the movies. He hits Jeff. Jeff's got a fat lip and his mouth's all messed up. And now the, you know, after him and Richard Lewis are having this breakfast with the toast, which is fucking another fucking hilarious thing. You know, they he wants his, to go get his credit card back that he left with the guy. Now, this, I, I, I like to, if someone I know speaks another language or another dialect like and but it's like broken english i get like after a while i start speaking the same way like when i worked at the fruit store i talked such broken english it was ridiculous <laughs> because for some stupid reason i thought that they could understand me better speaking broken english like they did which is the most idiotic thing when you really think about it. Because they're like trying to listen to me for the right words. And I'm over here talking about, you know, like, like, yeah, come, come over here. Garbage, garbage. You know, like talking like, like with no, uh, I don't know, adverbs or like conjunction words. You know, how like it's just, it's just crazy. So, but when I hear uh, someone with like, that speaks with like a dialect and they're trying to teach me like, say my friend who speaks Portuguese, I like to like, get my pronunciation on the use like that they do hard or or so so like larry in the beginning i got what he was doing when he was trying to like tha like he was trying to actually you know say it the way the restaurant's supposed to be said like there's a club franchise called paicha in portuguese it's 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 spelled p a c h a in portugal my friend says it that's their family Pacha, and you go to America, they call it Pacha. In huh. in, in uh, some places, they call it Pasha. 
in Russia, like Pasha, because the, the, the way they see. So I kind of, you know, went in Rome. So I, I get what he was doing. But the, the like, how it all comes to, together at the end when they, they're looking like they're making fun of these guys. Oh, man, it just, it was a perfect ending for all of them to, like, you know, end this little, this kind of, like, saga of an episode. Like, it was a great cap how they got, you know, tossed into the garbage can for making fun of these guys. <laughs> yes. But yeah. I saw, my, my favorite scene, though, was the end, though, by far. The very last scene in this episode was my favorite. It, with the Heimlich, I, the, I, the Heimlich. I wouldn't yes. have done it. I, I, I wouldn't have done it. I don't know. I, I mean, saving someone's you life. You have to. You're a trained professional. If I you don't, to, you yeah. can get sued. It's true. I can. Now, I was I, the only thing I was taught on my job was to do the pads for the defibrillator, the defibrillator, and Narcam. Yeah, they have like a little kit because I work in. Uh, one of my jobs is in a uh, public facility, so that's there. So I have to, would have to use that. But I don't know if I'm in that situation. I'm getting sued, and I'm thinking about where I got to touch, like right on the breastplate. <laughs> oh my goodness! Well, he's wrong though. The thing is, you do the high, like you don't actually touch the breast. Oh, well, that no the stomach. But it's like right. But when you're lifting up, he's gonna have have to like get up on the breasts. Yeah. I think in general, it was just like, I think it was like he would have to have touched her in general, just even touching her. He was like, oh, I can't really touch her. I mean, and then like for me, I'm like, the big question, is she dead? Yeah, I, I doubt it. Someone else will probably res- revive her quick because that wasn't that long of a ride. Take a little break from this show to remind you again of our amazing presenting sponsor, Cufflinks.com. They've been with us for over a year. We're so proud to have them, so go out and support them. If you're a listener to any of our podcasts, take a moment right now, type in cufflinks.com slash DVR into that old web browser, and you will arrive, and you will be amazed, happy, surprised at the amazing products that cufflinks.com has. You might think to yourself, hey, I don't have an informal event coming up. You know, I'm not into cufflinks. But guess what? They have a lot more than that. Actually, I'm wearing a pair of Star Wars socks that they sent me. Cufflinks.com is where it's at. Go to cufflinks.com slash DVR today. One of the best parts about podcasting is getting to know the listeners and making new friends. And one of those friends is Andy. You may have heard me mention him before on one of our many podcasts. And Andy and his wife, Claire, are looking to adopt So if you or anybody you know is considering adoption for their baby, please consider the loving family of Andrew and Claire. They're a home study approved adoptive family of three living on a farm in southern Minnesota with a dog, Barney, and two turtles. They're able to adopt from anywhere in the United States and would love to answer any questions you may have. To learn more about them, check out their Facebook page at Andrew and Claire Adopt or on Instagram at Andrew underscore and underscore Claire underscore adopt. You can also email them at Andrew and Claire Adopt at gmail.com. So again, if you or anyone you know is considering adoption for their baby, reach out at Andrew and Claire Adopt at gmail.com. Thanks. But speaking of touching her, the thing that bothered me the most 
about her issues with Larry is that initial touch when he wiped his fucking hands on her piece of her shirt, like whatever that like tie wrap thing was on her shirt. Like that would have bothered me more than the sexual part. The fact that you thought my fucking shirt was a napkin, you dickhead. Like, like I would have made that a fucking issue. But oh, yeah. But this whole thing is is you know, I it's tough to laugh at because it's such a real topic. But the way Larry treats it, it's it you know it kind of brings out the the complexities of the issue, like. It you know, it could really get taken out of control for absolutely nothing, which is usually everything that happens to Larry. She was abs- She was actually fairly okay with it at first. It wasn't until the like she was kind of like I mean she was definitely she wasn't like okay with it, but that's not where like the harassment suit came from no yeah no it definitely that's what i'm saying it compounded like it but it was all like kind of like non-issue things but it easily could be seen as issue things it's it, that's why it became like like larry david troubles so yeah. there was one part of this episode that i actually have a, a a funny story to add so the credit card thing now the, the guy francisco the waiter Use the credit card to pay for the after funeral spread, and you know before they before they go to get beat up, uh, he confronts them about the credit card, and he says, "I don't know. I thought it was mine." So Larry, the logical answer, he goes, "What do you mean? The numbers are different. Then my name's on there. It's not your name." So I have a friend who had an acquaintance quote unquote accidentally pick up his credit card from the floor because he thought it was his. Well, he went to charge like with that week like $3,000 worth of stuff. My friend gets a call from the credit card company. Did you do this? He's like, no. And he looked at all the charges and he realized like the stuff that this person bought was the stuff that this guy would have needed for his his business. So he calls him out and he's like, yo, what's going on? And the guy, guy, I thought it was mine. And they're going back and forth. And like my, my buddy's like, dude, it has my name on it. And it was like not stuff where you like could just swipe and go. It was like phone order stuff. Uh, an internet thing, like <laughs> shit where you got to type shit in. Like there's no fucking way. And this guy still will like swears up and down. I thought it was mine. So when I heard, I thought it was mine. I was like dying inside because this is like a fairly recent issue. And yeah. I, I, I called my buddy up the next day. I was like, dude, you got to watch Curb. He's, he's like, why? I'm like, I'm like, I thought it was mine. He goes, what do you mean? Something like that's in there. I go, watch it. And he watched it. He started <laughs> laughing. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I'd never had that happen before. I had someone steal my credit card, but not someone charge a bunch of shit on it. But yeah, how are you going to make that mistake? Especially a phone order. Cause it's going to be like, you're staring at the card numbers if you're giving the card number over the phone, you're staring right at that name. 
Yeah, like I get it if if it's if it's you know in the supermarket a swipe and go nobody looks at shit anymore. Oh man, this is just that. This was a hell of an episode. Like the compound, yeah. the compounded shit, just kept like kept me so engaged into the episode. Now, the weird thing, did, what was up with Funkhauser would love these scones, but he's in China. Yeah, I don't know. They keep kind of. Uh... I guess, like, later in the season, they're going to probably... My guess is they're going to do something kind of special for them in the show. And then they put the, they're kind of waiting for the right moment. You know what I mean? They didn't, I don't think they wanted to address it right away kind of thing. But my big question was, did he pass away before this was shot? Ooh, I don't know. That I don't know. Because I, I, then, you know, like I said earlier, I was back on Google looking up... Uh, Bob Einstein and uh, and scones, seeing if he like would love scones or something. Like maybe it was a shout to him or something. But you I, googled scones a lot. Yeah, yeah. I'm probably gonna get all types of fucking bakery Google ads coming up and shit. And my my Instagram's gonna be like, oh, would you like to try this bakery five miles from your house? But yeah, I you know I was trying to see like I thought the scone like meant something because the way you know it's it's been a focal point of the season like larry and his scone issue but i mean it's just like larry he picks something that's peculiar and it just it harps the shit out of it yeah now i don't i never i don't even know if i even ever ate a scone have you ever had a scone you know that's a good question i thought the same thing just 30 seconds ago i'm not sure if i've ever eaten a scone i'm sure i have but it's kind of like an an uppity bakery. It's an uppery, an uppity pastry, in my opinion. Well, just like, hearing I'm a, the name, like I'm I a would... bagel. I'm a bagel and a muffin person. That's it. Maybe I don't even really eat those anymore. Yeah. Well, I'm from New York. Bagels are like a standard. Yeah. So, but you know, that's a, that. You know, I, scone. You're right. Scones is like like people who go into the bakery for you know. Their treats, like the, the people who get donuts from ba- from bakeries instead of like Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah. Can I have that three dollar glazed? <laughs> I'm probably like way off on the price too. I just bought a four dollar donut last week. I was what, like, what was in it? Zambuca. Uh, it, it was like peanut butter and jelly. It was really good, but it was just like one of those things where it was like, I was like it was organic, farm raised peanuts. <laughs> No, it's just a specialty donut shop. That's all it was. Our um, peanut butter is made from hand-picked peanuts. <laughs> no peanuts were hurt in the farming of these donuts. Right. <laughs> oh, shit. So, speaking of getting hurt, there was a billboard that got hurt, man. General Lee, he's going to oh, get it. Oh, yeah. That shit was hilarious. I for sure thought that was going to be like a viral video. <laughs> someone was going to have that behind there, Larry, whacking the shit out of General Lee. Because he's going to yeah. hear about it. I guarantee, like, we're going to have Ted, like, confront him and be like, so did you, uh, you did you did that to my poster, at, uh, my, my billboard at, uh, at the Metroplex? Yeah. Because no, they're going to have just... some kind of confrontation. Yeah, and, uh, I loved how when he walked into the restaurant, the, um, 
the first thing the guy said, oh, your friend Ted Danson was here with a very beautiful blonde lady. Yeah, what, what was her name? <laughs> he goes, Cheryl. Yeah, that was great. So, yeah, they're definitely egging him on here. This is this is definitely going to lead to to some kind of fist fight or, or some shit. And, Tension is building. And what's really cool when doing a little more research about the episode, this is the first directorial debut of a Curb Your Enthusiasm episode by Cheryl Hines. I noticed. I saw that at the end, directed by Cheryl Hines. I did see that. I, I did not know it was her first episode, but I love that lady. I'm actually a student at the Groundlings where she started. Can you find out if we're related? Because uh, we have the same spelling of our last name. If you speak to her, be like, oh, interesting. I, I just yeah, did a right. podcast with Tim Hines out in, in New York. You know anybody in New York? Huh. Well, I have never met her. I'm only she kidding, doesn't bro. really I'm only, I'm only, yeah. <laughs> uh, Hey, you never know, though. You never know who you're related to. Seriously. I thought I was related to Gregory Hines for the longest time. And then somebody told me that he was black and I was white. And I'm like, get the fuck out of here. And I couldn't tap dance for shit. <laughs> he is a hell of a tap dancer. He sure is. Um, yeah, I, I'm always like afraid to like find out who I'm related to because I'm always afraid it's going to be somebody like horrible. What do you mean? Yeah, but th- that's just going to give you really good material for your for your shows. I, I'd rather I'd rather not know. You know, I mean. What do you mean like you come out like, hey, how you doing? I'm Sean, nephew of Jeffrey Dahmer. And today we're going to talk about <laughs> prostitutes. And, you know, oh, like God. you just got a good, like, quick intro, and people will be like, <gasps> "Yeah, know? I mean, uh, you know, I mean, people who, uh, you know, Hitler's relatives didn't keep their last name. That's for sure. Yeah, you know what? They, that you don't hear many Hitlers like ever. Like, hey, I'm you John, John, John Hitler, and you don't hear many Adolfs either. <laughs> like, I mean, I don't. People are. T- People are avoiding that name like the plague. We're not sure though. Like I don't run in those those circles in in, in like certain parts of America where they live in you know militia groups. They're, I'm sure there's some. But you're right. Like, but you know, you you might be related. Flynn sounds like you know you definitely related to a pirate somehow. <laughs> I heard though. Like I read something once that the uh, that. If your last name is Flynn, you're related to this, like, king from Ireland that was, like, he was around, I don't know, somewhere, like, in the early early centuries A.D., like, maybe second to fifth, and he had, like, hundreds of children. Like, I'm not talking, like, he didn't have, like, 12 kids. He had, like, hundreds of kids. So, and they said, supposedly, if your last name is Flynn, you're most likely related to this king. I mean, and, it makes sense. It might be where in like Flynn comes from. <laughs> I wish. I wish. I wish I was in somewhere. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure you could just, you know, bullshit your way into to the town in Ireland and be like, oh, my God, I'm a, you know, just show them your ID. They'll accept you. I don't Well, know. we did. We did look into my DNA. Actually, we used my brother's DNA, which is pretty much the same as mine. And we do come from, like, uh, southwest 
slash Central Ireland. That's where they were showing, like, you came from this area. But, yeah, I've always been told, I mean, I have a very Irish name. I know that. But I have, like, uh, I spoke to an Irish guy recently, and he said that that's, I don't have the, Sean is not spelt the Irish way, though. It's spelt, like, an American way. Yeah, but that that's that's not, you know, that the first names are, are definitely, like, I would say watered down through the ages, you know what I mean? Like a lot of people change things up. You know, I have two M's yeah. in my first name and Tim, so things get weird. There's there's talk, <laughs> there's a rumor, I don't know how far, you know, if it how true it is cuz people have been dead for quite a while, but during World War 1 that I might have been Heinz with a Z and like Heinz and that it might as might have been changed for uh, reasons of German hatred at that time. I don't gotcha. know. Could be bullshit, but I don't know. And then maybe you could be, if it was that way, you could be related to the Heinz ketchup fortune. That's what I was hoping. Like Teresa would be like, "Hey, listen, we got a suite for you in Pittsburgh. You can come watch all the <laughs> games you want." But either way. I wish I was related to Larry David because I would love to just have some of his wit in my DNA. Oh yeah, I mean, that's, I, uh... I feel like his 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 sarcasm and wit are like embedded in in the way I think because I, I mean maybe that's why he's so relatable because just growing up such a wise ass on you know I I don't know I'm assuming you're similar age I I'm, I just turned forty one, um, but coming up, you know, through like the gritty hardcore comedy and then, you know, having the the wholesome witty shit to go back to and then, you know, seeing where it all PC'd out, it's great to have this kind of shit back cuz I I you know, I get in this this mindset when I'm watching it. Yeah, he's like the uh he's like the foul-mouthed old, old man now. Without he's having the, he's, to really be foul mouth, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's he great. just says what he wants to say. It's awesome. It really is great. And another little thing, like he hands, I forget who he hands the the napkin to with something in it, but I, I think it was the the secretary. He hands it like a napkin with something. Oh, it was the scone and. Somehow, I just thought it was going to be the monogrammed napkin from the lawyer's office, and like <laughs> it was going to show up at the at the like deposition, and he's going to like look and see that that fucking napkin from his 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 thing when he noticed it was gone. Because there's so there's just so many good little tidbits that you just know are going to come back because it's just how the story goes. Yeah, no, I mean and that, that's what they do is they bring shit back from. God knows where. I mean, it could and, be other episodes or just beat the hell out of the same. Yeah, and it's not serialized. The- like that's the best part. Like that t- to me like one of my ultimate favorite things in a good comedian's routine is to recall a really early joke and have it tie in and complete the bit. So Yeah, it's called a callback. Uh, that a callback. See, now I'm getting professional 
you know, names. <laughs> Axel's taught me a lot of things I never really knew about TV and behind the scenes. But no, like I've always been, uh, I don't want to say a student of comedy, but but a, a super admirer of comedy. And I've always tried to to put it to use in my life. And that's why almost everyone I know hates me. But that's all right, because I still laugh at all of it. <laughs> I love sarcasm and uh you know it's it's just fun to express it out and ex- and watch Larry masterfully craft it. Yeah, he's the best. Yeah, man. Well, I you know, you're you you know, you're pretty funny yourself, so I hope uh maybe one day we'll be podcasting about your show. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah, I, I work my fucking ass off out here, and you know, it's. Uh, I used to do a lot of stand up, but now I'm just like, now I'm just doing a lot of like comedic acting type stuff. To, to I don't know. I'm just I've just kind of always been like awkwardly funny, <laughs> like, and like a little a little witty. Like I just I, but uh, do you have do you I have was a, telling Axel? Do you have a Stephen? Do you have like a little Stephen Wright in you? Oh, for sure. I, I can show I, you older, older videos of me just doing one-liners. Because I can, I can, I could sometimes pick that up in just the, the way you talk. Yeah, I mean, and like, it was funny because like I just, I just find weird shit. Actually, I, I'll, I'll tell you. I was telling this joke the other day. It's a kind of an older joke that I had, but I was like, I have two half sisters, and the, and the way that happened was. Um, it was actually the result of a magic trick gone horribly wrong. And I actually saw this girl that I knew from a comedy class online. And she had a half sister's joke that was similar. She said, I have two half sisters. I also have a saw. So Ooh, I was that... like, it's kind of funny like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's in the same vein. But that's cool. See, so now. You feed off each other, you know, all right, she got that one. So that's kind of like, that's a, that's a cool way, like, you know, I guess inside baseball of how comedians, you know, don't steal each other's shit, but they kind of back off or they'll, you know, all right, you won that that one. All right, I like that. That's cool. Because, yeah. you know, I kind of, I have a few things that I, I've written down, but a lot of it's in my head, but I always really want to craft, I think I could craft a cool bit, at least like five minutes or so. I have, you know, because there's a lot of, like, good things to pick out of life. Like, just, I can't think to the level of a fake apple and a decorative apple and angrily and blithely eating it. Like, that shit is masterful. So, well, it's little things you see in life that are just like, you look at them and you're like, that's so weird. Like, why do people do that? Like I saw like something that kind of I, I haven't written anything about it, but I saw it and I was trying to write a joke about it, but it might work out better as like a sketch, I don't know. But it was a uh it was a bumper sticker for a um an AM classical radio station. And um I said, Yeah, you, you don't really see a lot of those. Um no one's really like you got to check out W-A-M-Y, classical all the time. Like, nobody's into that. It's just, like, weird. And it's, like, little things that we do, you just find you just find them. Like, or little 
Like I, I have, I have a joke about like how about like pulp and no pulp. You know what I mean? Like, why do we do all these things? It's so weird. If you think about like how far we've come, we've we've really complicated the shit out of life. Especially orange juice. There's low acid. There's calcium. No pulp. Some pulp. All pulp. There's like seven different Tropicana's. And that's before you get to like Trop 50 and all that other shit. You're right. So like, the, yeah. you know, the, 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 the pulp thing is, is a deal. Like I had a, I had a quick like idea. Did you ever watch Game of Thrones? Oh, yeah. Like I always thought it would be either like a good SNL skit or just some kind of skit. You got like two common people sitting on the side of a bank fishing and you're like, we're like close to the end of the series and someone like trots by and they're like, where are you going? And they're like, oh, we're going to, uh, you know, see Cersei's walk of shame. And they're like, Cersei, what does she have to do? Where's, you know, what happened? Where's King Robert? What do you mean? King Robert's dead. And they go through this whole thing like they don't know a fucking thing because there's no fucking communication unless you get a goddamn raven and you're rich enough. Like, you know, I, I, you know, something where like the commoners know absolutely nothing and they just keep asking all these ridiculous questions and we just kind of like keep going through the show hearing about all the crazy shit that happened that sounds so ridicu- ridiculous when you say it out loud. You know what I mean? Almost like a, I guess a Monty Python, a Python type like thing but yeah like no i always think in comedy so you know doing this is is something new for me with you you know being able to talk about it with you um i'm glad that axel and you know asked me to fill in because usually we're talking about dramas and things like that and you know when i talk about comedy axel usually you know shuts me down because i'm being too sarcastic and too funny and then you know it just you know, usually not the right time because it's usually like a, a morbid drama and I'm talking about how sexy the cadaver looked and shit. But, you know, <laughs> that's just me, you know. Um, yeah, it's it's comedy's a great thing and I, I really, you know, like hearing the inside baseball stuff from you, you know, learning callback. Now I'll never use the wrong term. But yeah, callback is like my favorite thing and, and Larry's <laughs> Larry's a king of it. I don't know about the king, but he's good at it. If you uh, if you want, you could just uh, Google my um, Sean Patrick Flynn stand up, and the YouTube will come up, and you can see it. It's like all one liners, kind of like that. Yeah, I remember last year I and, checked I checked a video or two out that was up there after you you know you were introduced, and I kind of uh, never got back to it because that's another thing. I'm just I have so many things where I'm like, yeah watch later, watch later. I go to YouTube and there's like 700 hours of watch later stuff. And I'm like, <gasps> I get intimidated. I know. Like, right. Yeah. It's just, there's a lot to consume in this world and it's, it's tough. Getting yeah. Out? I mean, it's like, there is so much to consume and it's like, we got to work. And like, I was telling someone today, I'm like trying to figure out my moving situation. And I just, I have no fucking time. Like no time. Like I have to. I have to do stuff like you saved for watching later, but it never gets watched. Yep, time is a precious commodity. So we gotta do what we love. That's why you know. That's why going out sometimes seeing stuff live is better than exactly TV because you'll remember it. You'll remember it, and you'll laugh harder. And hopefully, if I ever get out to LA, which I hope to soon, 
That's where you're at, right? You're LA yeah. guy? Yeah, if I ever get out there and you're, you're, you're booked, I'll be in the front row. Hopefully not getting heckled. Yeah, man. <laughs> oh, no, no. They don't heckle audience members. Well, sometimes they do. <laughs> what do you mean? Audience, not me, though. Who gets heckled? Every, well, it can be anybody, actually. So what do you mean they don't heckle audience members? Well, you know, I mean, I guess some people work the crowd. I don't work the crowd. I tell my jokes. I don't like to make the crowd part of my set. Unless, like, somebody's completely losing their shit in the audience. Then you do. See, I feel like that's 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 a, a tricky line to cross. You know, I, I, we were going to end the podcast a few minutes ago, but I, I you know, I want to keep it going, talking this real quick. But, like, I always wondered that, like, because I'm very sarcastic, like, as far as pointing shit out, talking about people. So I always wondered how that would ever cross over. Like if I would just start going ham on people in the audience. <laughs> well, there's a guy who I saw online recently. He's a really funny stand-up comic. And that's like basically all he's doing. He's like telling one joke and then somebody reacts in a, in a way and he points that out and he points how they look. And you know, he was really good at that. Like, that's just not what I do. I think, I think deep down, I'm just like a, a writer at heart. I mean, I, I mean, I, I'm not saying that's not writing a joke on stage, but I think that like, I love a well-crafted joke. I love it. Like a, just a joke that was like, Oh man, that's, that's amazing. Yeah. A so, couple layers in it. Yeah, definitely. And that's the thing about standup is that like, there are so many different kinds of standup. Like there are different, like, you know, there are one liners, there are storytellers, there are, um, you know, people who do a lot of act outs or people who do a lot of callbacks. I mean, um, I got a buddy like, that that's out there. This guy uh, Keith Cornelli, he he used to live out near me, and he's 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 dipping his toes in the in the water, and uh, he you know was having a tough time on, on you know getting booked and things. They started a podcast, and they're doing like a serious comedy podcast. And now it's not my cup of tea because it's more of a shtick type podcast. But yeah. it's funny stuff, and like I could see like you know different approaches. But it's like a lot of like self-deprecating, like making fun of the co-host who's a crackhead. Like it reminds me of like a Howard Stern type thing, but it's oh, cool. cool. You know, everybody, yeah. everybody does their stuff. Yeah. And I think uh, that's kind of one thing that's, uh, it's funny that I do this podcast because I don't listen to any podcasts. And I just, like I said, I wanted to do this because Axel asked me to do it. And I'm like, you know, it's a great way to just kind of like keep up with a friend. Um, but that was one thing that when I, that was something about stand up that I realized that, uh, like I love to perform. I love to talk to people too, I guess, but it felt like so like, you know, I have a lot of respect for Axel for fucking organizing all this shit that he does because I'm not very good at that. And I didn't really want to do that. And it, like, like, stand-up and podcasting is almost synonymous now. Like, whereas, like, you almost have to do it. But I, that's sort of why I, I was like, you know, I think I want to be an actor because if you don't want to do something, like, that's that says something about it. Like, and- Well, I feel like, see, podcasting and comedy, unless it's an interview show like a Mark Maron does, like, where you could throw a joke in here or there, I don't think like 
to crank out the amount of material to fill up a podcast in jokes is almost like giving away your whole like career almost like you're giving away all your material into a podcast unless you're charging for the podcast as a show but then it w- it should go more back to the old ways of like how they used to make albums yeah i think a, a, a big reason why i don't listen to podcasts too is i don't have a car so i know a lot of people listen to podcasts in cars and and things like that and i just most man, people so listen busy. to it in the earbuds too Oh, right, when they're at work and stuff like that. But I can't do that. <laughs> I can't do that at my job. No, nah, you, you, your job is highly important. Um, yeah, it's, you know, I've, I've basically, I've had to, I made a lot, of, a lot of sacrifices to become a nurse and to come out here and, and try to become a comedian and an actor. But, uh, but that's yeah. also, also an angle that, you can use to your benefit because you're not listening to everybody else. And, and, and sometimes when you listen to too many people and influences, you, you get, you know, kind of swayed in, in their direction or their maybe delivery because you liked it or the topic. But now, you know, you're not getting skewed by that. You have your own, your own shit is your shit. Yeah. And that's, uh, that's sort of, uh, yeah, I've always kind of been like that. And I, I used to have that justification for not listening to other stand-up comedians. But I think that um, if you're going to be a stand-up, it's important that you do that. But it's just, it's a different kind of grind that I kind of grew tired of. And that's kind of why I changed. But, like, I know so much about comedy that it's, it's kind of ridiculous. Um, but it's just from having been in it for so long and and i think when you do something for a long time it's sort of like you know you know sometimes people change careers and they're just like i want to do something different you know there's a guy who i was working with for the last three years and really good at his job and he applied to kind of work a different job in the same hospital and he was like just he's like i wanted to change i just i've been doing this for 10 years and so i totally get that that's kind of out but i still love you know i mean like I feel like there are other things I can do and that's why I'm kind of doing this. I mean, Larry David at one point did stand up, you know, and then he was a writer and then he created Seinfeld and then he did curb. And it's like, it's just, I feel like stand up is real, was really just like my starting point. Uh, sure. Comedy, you did, yeah, comedy could take you all over the place. I, you know, I got a friend who's a writer for a show on Hulu you know, and he, he, I don't even know if he ever did stand up, but he was always funny in high school. Now he's out there in Hollywood doing his thing. So it's just, just as long as you, you know, you keep the passion some form and that's, that's the beautiful part. Yeah. You know, and unfortunately the time we recorded this, we missed one of the greatest comedy shows that was supposed to be, you know, set for this week, which was the state of the union address. Oh man. <laughs> actually i always think that it's it's so funny because people just just clap for anything they clap they it's, clap for anything it's like an apple it's, so it's an stupid. apple board meeting yay like we just, got a new watch band yay like it's just yeah i don't i don't i don't really uh i don't watch that like i <laughs> 
No, yeah. I'll, I'll wait for the Twitter highlights of people complaining. Yeah, which will be any minute now. Oh, I'm sure it's been going on for the last hour. Uh, well, I say we wrap it up. And yeah. Sean, this was really great to get to know you. Thanks for the little extended edition of Curb Your Podcast, uh, Artificial Fruit, with some non-artificial comedian. <laughs> well awesome man i hope we i hope we have you back again man it was awesome for sure man be well and you know watch 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 out for the fake fruit yes all right thanks everybody for listening don't forget all the info is in the show notes links all that good stuff send us emails feedback complaints ratings itunes all that good stuff Till next week, pretty, 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 pretty.